Yo, what up? This is Flex Alexander. It's your man, man, Carl Payne. And you're listening to the M and M and M show. Okay. <laughs> What's going on, world? It's your man, Mr. Mech. I am minus Caleb M, but this is still the M and M and M show, aka the NK show, coming to you live and direct with a brother I found in psychology's best. He's he's black. He's young. He's educated. And that's normal. But he came up here to talk to us about why it should be more so. And he's also a dude who takes great pictures, knows a bunch of hip hop, and where else would he be but here? Could you please introduce yourself so people know I'm not lying? <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name is Purvis Taylor III. I am an award-winning celebrity life coach, speaker, and author. And that's part of the reason why he's here. I have this uh, thing for Black History Month. It's called the Blackity Black History Month Scavenger Hunt. Okay. And one of them was support a black author. Okay, and that's support awesome. a black-owned business. So I'm knocking out two birds with one stone <laughs> with you in the, with you in here. I have a black-owned business and so and, yeah. and author and author. So I'm bigging it up. Yeah, I'm yeah. Doing it. Matter of fact, Shout it's out to you. Radio. Wait a minute. I've been supporting a black-owned business since I started in this yeah. in this thing. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. you good. I'm fine. So you fine. good. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody go get go go check the Blackity Black Scavenger Hunt for for uh for Black History Month. I think it's like a super dope thing to do. And in the meantime, I want to talk to this brother about some of the things he's into. What's happening with you, man? Man, um, a lot. I mean, I you know, I've been working with um, in this field for 10 years, mm -hmm. specifically working with men of color, mm -hmm. teaching men how to process their emotions, how to develop emotional intelligence, how to, you know, develop healthy mental health and mm -hmm. and process and things like that. And and you know, it's been getting it's been increasing as the years go by. So I'm like, I'm kind of booked. This is a good thing. Yeah, this I is mean, a great on, thing. On, on multi-levels. Yeah, it's it's a good thing on one hand. I mean, obviously, I, ideally, I would like to be out of a job because I want right, to see right, men right, right, be, right, right, right. you know, healthy and whole, but yeah. yeah. Right, well, we're supporting black business and black men are making moves to actually take care of themselves more Absolutely. often. Because that's become a much more popular thing for us to do. Yeah, it's in vogue. I mean, at the time when I when I started, it was just, I got a lot of pushback, but I kind of mm -hmm. foresaw like, you know, the current suicide rates and mm -hmm. you know the mental health issues that are on the rise and that are alarming with especially within us as African American men. Mm -hmm. I foresaw that years ago and now it's like I feel I feel kind of bad cuz I was like I saw this 10 years ago. We could have like got a hold of it 10 years ago and now it's like, you know, but I'm grateful that, you know, that people, especially men are embracing therapy, embracing the work that I do. So we had a, I saw um, an article not mm. too long ago, uh, Kobe Bryant passing, Kobe Bryant's passing. God, first of all, rest in peace, Kobe yeah. Bryant. And rest in peace, uh, Gigi. Tore a lot of black men up. Tore a yeah. lot of people up in general. But I think black men, a lot of us in that age range, yeah. uh, you know, the the mid to late He was 30s, a part of our lives. He was a for part of our, our lives. entire lives. Our entire lives. Pretty much. Yeah. Most of our adult lives. Yeah. And I think, uh, but I saw an article that said um, Kobe Bryant's passing is... Uh, Revealing a side of black men, yes, that people didn't know existed, or or like uh, I now see black men mourning, and black men are now mourning in ways they never have before, thanks right. to Kobe Bryant. Now, on one end, it was written by a black woman, so yeah. on one end, I was kind of like, oh, okay, you know, funky fresh, but on the other end, I was like, where have you been that you didn't know that black men give it up when one of us? have something bad happen to us like well, between I, the tattoos that we do and the murals that we paint and the, I, the I think way. she was speaking more from the place of like emoting right like i saw so many black men cry I, that was definitely a that, part I of think, it i think that's what did she you see the article about. i read the article okay yeah. so you know exactly yeah, what i'm talking yeah, about yeah so i think she was talking more from the, the standpoint of like us emoting. even on that i was kind of like if you 
how many black well, men are you? I, you I know, didn't realize. Let me let me say yeah. this because I don't want to dis, disrespect her in any way, yeah. and I, I totally got it. But it was a good chunk of me that was like, well, how many black men have you been hanging around with? I didn't understand that it was such a secret. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. I literally just conducted a workshop for Black Fathers last weekend, mm -hmm. and there was a brother there who shared something that he was holding on to for 14 years, and he literally started crying for the first time in 14 years. Oh, man. And so, like, to her point, mm -hmm. there are a lot, a lot of men who have that narrative versus who are not afraid to show our emotions like you or I. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there definitely is a huge chunk. You know, the work that I do, I've seen it countless times so many brothers crying for the first time in mm -hmm. our session so that is a that is a true narrative also what is a true narrative is that there are plenty of black men who are comfortable ex emoting sharing their emotions who are articulate enough to express what they're feeling mm -hmm. and process them and things like that so that narrative is true as well mm -hmm. so, so two things both. can be true the, at the same time. yeah two things can be true at the same time I, it it just you know it shocked me because I guess the, of the company, I guess the company I keep. Right, would because do that. you, because your surroundings, your immediate surroundings. For me too, it was mm -hmm. like all the brothers I know, they're comfortable crying. And I mean, when somebody dies, yeah, when somebody dies. But I mean, there are some people who don't. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like who are just stonewalled, and you know, and uh, like you said before, like the murals, like they may express mm -hmm. their emotions through the murals. They may write a song. They may write some poetry, but literally just showing get the a tattoo, emotion. Beat get a tattoo, up. beat somebody. <laughs> get drunk out of their right? minds. Or get, or get, get drunk or have go sleep with a bunch of women, like things mm -hmm. like that. But to literally stand there and emote is something completely different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's just as powerful. It, it's more powerful, in mm -hmm. my opinion. It's it's uh, shocking to me. When I read the article, I really wanted to write her back. I'm like, okay, so where are you? <laughs> like, where where is this happening in this right. circle of dudes who refuse to that you've never seen a guy, fathers, uncles, cousins? Like, where where are they, or where have you been? I mean, it's a lot of people, man. That narrative is true for a lot of brothers that I've worked with. Honest to God, like you know, like I said, the brother was cried for the first time in 14 years. Why do you think? In this day and age, I mean, well, in this day and age, it's getting better. You're getting yeah. more work. A lot of more, a lot more people are coming to the forefront. I, I wonder how many people are aware of the fact that we've had to be so tough, so strong, so nothing bothers me. So, uh, I mean, I'm pretty. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not, not emotionless. Of course not. I, I, right, right. I feel. But I'm pretty indifferent when it comes to a lot of things, especially things that I can't control. When I first got with my lady, one of one of our main things was my indifference. Mm -hmm. And she thought I didn't care about anything. Well, indifference is powerful because it does come across as you don't care. Right. And I had to fix that. Yeah. I had to I sat her down one day and I was like, listen, not that I don't care about anything. I just don't care about the things that you the some of these things you find to be a big deal. Here's the here's the kicker. I care about you. So if you care about it. Now I, I have to care, care about, about it, it. Yeah. and I don't necessarily want to care about some of these things because right. they they're not helping. They don't they don't further us. They don't hurt us. They they're just like a waste of time. Right. But because you care about it, now I have to care about it. Now I don't want to care about this. So could you stop caring about it so I don't have? To, but that I couldn't ask her to do that. But right. we 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 found our way. A happy grandma. Happy right. medium. Yeah. But I didn't realize I I didn't realize I was being indifferent to the point where it was coming across well that's the emotion that men are most comfortable expression expressing indifference and anger mm -hmm. right and you know anger is secondary to hurt and then underneath the hurt is disappointment so like many men are walking around with disappointment and they're not able to articulate it so 
anger is easy to weaponize than hurt mm. and disappointment. What are some of the biggest things you find brothers tell you that they're, what, what's the source of some of those disappointments? Well, I mean, in the general sources. In, I know in, they in, all vary, but yeah, in general, I would say like not feeling like loved by their parents or not feeling accept, accepted. Ooh, um, that's um, tough. Yeah, not feeling loved by the parent, not feeling accepted, and also not knowing how to negotiate things that have happened to them. Mm. Like a lot of them have dealt with a lot of you know abuse. Mm -hmm. Some men have dealt with sexual abuse and they never talk about it. Mm -hmm. So it's like just suppressing that, and then what comes up is anger or indifference. Mm -hmm. So you know you silence yourself. Which mm. is what I think indifference is. It's kind of like silencing who you really are. And anger is like just, you're just a weapon. Hmm. I have a big, I have a theory when it comes to uh, men mostly. I always uh -huh. say that a woman's test in life is is physical. Man's test in life is, man's test in life is financial. Uh -huh. In other words, the things we're judged mostly in society by. Right. We're, as men, we're judged by output. Right. And women get to be actualized in so many ways. And I'm not negating because I, no, I, no, no. I did they a have video their struggles. about they have their struggles and I want to acknowledge that. And those people, are real. Those yeah, are we're very not, real. We're not, we're not here doing that. But what I'm saying is a little girl can be actualized as a princess and a boy has to be actualized because he made a touchdown. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like she, a woman can be actualized as a mother. She's just there. She's just there. She's a sister and she gets to be actualized as that. Mm -hmm. As men, we don't ever get a chance to um, be actualized in our humanity. It's right. always based in output. Well, and, that's what you're supposed to do. And that's, that's what, what we'll be told. To, right. But, you know, I'm a good friend. I'm a good brother. I'm a good son. You know what I mean? Besides the work that I do, there's so many aspects of who we are as men. We're not monolithic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so we don't ever get a chance to honor our, our humanity. Hence why I think a lot of us feel so much pressure, hence why we succumb to anxiety, hence why we succumb to depression, because we're not allowed and we're not allowing ourselves to be actualized in more ways than just output. We will be told when when and if we bring these things up, like, okay, well, wait a minute, I'm a good father, how come? Well, that's right. what you're supposed to do. That's that ain't nothing. Do. That you right. don't get no reward for doing what you're supposed to do. And, right. But Mother's Day comes around and... It's it's a it's a big... That's what, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's... It's a double standard. And and obviously, like I said, women go through what they go through. Like, I can't imagine being a woman like you no, sexualized. Not even, not even, you're yeah. sexualized at the gate. You yeah, know what I mean? Since like before puberty, since somebody's before puberty, eyeballing. So, exactly. So By the way, like, the dudes doing that, knock it off. You're creeps. Like, please, please, please <laughs> and stop, the women stop, doing, stop it too. doing it. I didn't see. I never even but thought I'm about just, it like that. It's 2020, so yeah, but, um, how about that? But yeah, no, I'm it, guilty. How fast? How fast <laughs> did that happen? I mean, I'm guilty of the same. Wow, that's. I mean, not guilty of doing that. I mean, yeah. I'm guilty of thinking that way. It never occurred to me to say, "Hey, women, do, women, you guys knock it off." I'm just thinking, all dudes, just like, and it, you know, I talk about this all the time. It's like, you know, we and we can get back on subject, but it, it, the thought just came to me: like, women are, get to, you know, sexual abuse in a woman is it's. It's easier to talk about than sexual abuse in a man. Mm -hmm. So it's like even within victimization, men can't aren't allowed to be humans within that. Mm. You know, so it's like we're not comfortable talking about the victimization of a man, but we're more comfortable talking about the victimization of a woman. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like it, those dynamics really affect how we show up in the world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like if I'm if I in my mind if I know that I'm not gonna be um, received as a man talking about me being sexual abused, I'm not gonna talk about it. Right, and right, therefore right. I'm going to suppress that, and now I'm going to carry that. And now you have to deal with it. And now I have to deal with it. And I don't know, anger, right. depression, and I don't know how to deal with it. Right. So you do the best. So I you do, do the whatever. Best I can. Exactly. Now, where do we? Where do we? Hold on. Picture Mike straight Sorry. to you, because I want everybody to. I don't we're want nobody to miss anything. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want nobody to miss anything. So how do we? How do we express these needs, these concerns? I'm asking you. Uh, 
without being offensive to women who are definitely the oppressed folk in this dynamic and 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 that's the thing it's like you know we don't want to engage Take in the away oppression from them olympics or, right or we minimize all struggling. Right. yes we're all struggling we're all trying to navigate through this thing called life but here's the thing that we have to understand that women on average speak thirty thousand words a day men on average speak ten thousand words a day hmm. so there's a twenty thousand word gap in communication hmm. between us so the thing that i teach men is to use more words because your healing is in your words. And so, like, you know, I tell women all the time, if you have a husband or a boyfriend, you have to encourage him to use more words. And I tell brothers to use sensory language, right? So don't say, like, yo, I feel a way. Mm-hmm. You know, a woman can be like, baby, everybody came in there, and I feel like everybody's come down on me. They can just go on and on. Right. Brothers, I think I encourage us to use sensory language. So you can say, baby, I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how upset, you know, that's how it feels. That's how so, it feels. So we should go beyond just saying, yo, I'm tight right now. Right. <laughs> go beyond I'm tight because I don't know what that means. Mm-hmm. So expanding your vocabulary. You know, there's a spectrum of emotions besides mad, sad, and happy. Hungry, horny. Right. And hungry and horny, right? right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes as men, the thing that we, we say we want sex, but sometimes we just want intimacy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know what I mean? It's just even articulating that, mm-hmm. you know, so, but it's just really, it's teaching men to use more words. So, but a good chunk of this is dudes have to, and this is where we have to take responsibility. We got to start knowing ourselves. And that is the major part. Like Too sitting many with of ourselves. Us have no idea. We have no idea who we are. Right. At, at, a, at a bunch of times. When I ask my homeboys, yo, what do you want? Actually, my homegirls are guilty of this too. If I ask them what they want, they run down a list of what they don't want. Right, and and I think I think that's common in all of us. I remember one time I was doing a session with fathers again, and mm. his brother shared that he was uh, cheating on his wife, and I knew the reason why he was cheating on his wife. Please. And I was waiting for him to say it. Okay. And he said, "Man, he said when I was in high school, I got no play." He said, "Now I'm the man," and I knew it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "So you, in that area of your life, you're still 16 years old." Mm. And you hadn't even grown up yet, so mm-hmm. you, but you don't know how. And I'm not justifying anything that he's done. Right, you're right, still right, responsible right, right, for right. what you do. Right. But he didn't know that he was still living from a high school standpoint in that area of his life. Mm-hmm. And so, to your point, how would he know that if he didn't sit with himself and really, and really become, think it through? You know, now become how, introspective with it. As the as the doctor, as the guy right. who's leading this, right? How do you guide him to fix that? Because there's even acknowledging that you have an issue is the hardest thing in the world for a lot of people. But then after that, I've seen people get on the pinwheel because they feel helpless. There's never, there never seems to be a door to get out of that. Well, so it's funny enough. You use the word acknowledge and uh, in my book, survival mode that teaches men how to process uh, traumas and emotions. The first step of survival mode is acknowledgement. The second step is acceptance, mm-hmm. which is the hardest thing. So for me, I was abused as a child. I was sexually abused as a child. I can acknowledge that, but where my power came from was in accepting, right? Acceptance doesn't mean I condoned it. Right. It means that it happened. Right. Regardless of whether I wanted to or not, and Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for it. Okay. And so when you take the ownership and responsibility from it, for it, 
that's when you can engage your power to change it. You were responsible for being sexually abused? I'm responsible for what it, for my life. It affected me. I'm responsible for who I am and how I'm going to show up in this gotcha, world. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So gotcha. I'm responsible for what happened to me, even though I didn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm still responsible. Right, okay. You know what I mean? So For what happened from then on. For what happened on. from then on. Right. How I live my life. The I'm act itself, for, you weren't responsible for. I was not for. responsible for that. But what my life what it's going to be, I'm responsible for it. Right. And Copy. so that place, where if I can get you to that place of, of acceptance, then the next part is easy, which is articulation. Then it's alchemy, right? Transforming that and changing that. Mm-hmm. Hence, who the person I am today. I right. took being abused as a child. I took being emasculated. I took being bullied. And now I empower men. Right. Former fiance. Yeah. You mentioned before you yes. had a fiance and all this other good stuff. Yeah. Didn't work out. Yeah. So you come a long way. I've come a long way. You know, I'm Ivy League graduate, Columbia University. Oh, salute. Salute. Yeah, salute, yeah, yeah. Salute. So like coming from Texas, you know, going all the way to an Ivy League school, like where I'm from, that wasn't, it didn't seem like a possibility. So mm-hmm. I transformed the lead in my life and turned it into gold, which is what alchemy is. Now, the women uh, listening to this show are probably going to stop right on the part where they thought you were going to tell them how to get men to stop cheating. <laughs> right. Right in that section, like right. he cheated so much. Okay, you're still 16 years old. How does he stop himself? How does he? What What does he need to do? What would this, What would be the steps in order to recover from being a 16 year old when it comes to his love life, who's now flourishing in all this new attention all the, that he's getting from women? Exactly. Because not an excuse, ladies, but there's a reason. It, it's always a reason behind why people do what they do. And I think that's the time we don't ever take. And I tell people this all the time. Nobody's going to try to understand the pathology of your trauma. They're just going to deal with what happened to them, how you're showing up currently. You know what I mean? So, like. Makes sense. To his wife, I completely get it. If she don't want to be involved no more, she want to move on. Mm-hmm. Right? But for him, to answer your question, he has to get to a place of accepting responsibility for how this has, has affected his life. Not only his life, but his wife's life, Mm -hmm. his child's life, Mm -hmm. right? And he has to see the consequences of that Mm -hmm. and perceive that for what it is and really dig dig deep and say, accept that you feel that you're not where you would like to be in the area of your life. Accept and say like, yo, I'm kind of immature in this this area of Mm -hmm. my life. That's the only way he can change that. But if he's not interested in changing that, then then we're here. Okay, so as, as... If there is a woman listening to this, yes, and she wants to walk her, she wants to help support him, growing up mm-hmm. from a 16 year old to a 30 plus year old man who's right. now want, who now is a family and has a woman that he's legit in love and wants right. to. What does she do? How, what what are steps outside of leaving him? Because we all know that's an option. But outside of that, what can she do to, if she decided to? If what she could, decides to, right. I always I always tell women it's like understanding, understand that men process differently mm-hmm. than you do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a woman can speak past, present, and future in the same conversation. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm, <laughs> we're just trying to, okay, you said that one thing and our minds are stuck on that one thing she said and she done said 20 other things since then. Mm-hmm. Just understand that we process differently. And if she would like to talk about it, I tell women this, set a date on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Say like, look, I want to talk about this but I'm not expecting you to talk about it now. I want to give you a couple of days so you can process and formulate what it is you want to say. Like, be accommodating in the if you want to be a part of that. And don't wait for an argument. Don't, don't do wait, it while exactly. you're beefing. They, nobody's thinking straight exactly. when you're beefing. Exactly. So, like, be accommodating in that regard of saying, like, listen, he don't process the way I process, right? So let me give him space so we can have a fair and equitable conversation about this subject. 
You know what I mean? Hold on. You know what? Keep in mind, ladies, that by the time you've brought this to him, you've probably spent like a good week on it your damn exactly. self. You've probably been thinking about this for a minute, and now you hit him with it and expect him to have an answer in that second based on feelings that you're having that he may not have known existed for you in general. And and, and that's part of it, too. It's like we punish each other for assumption, right? I'm assuming that you're supposed to know how I feel, and I don't... You know what I mean? Like, that's a whole nother conversation. Which is super corny. Which is super corny. That's the biggest killer of relationships is assumption. Mm. And so to go back to the question is like just be a part of the process and understand that it is a process and processes are not beautiful they're not easy Mm -hmm. but they are rewarding if we can stick to them Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so like be supportive in that like listen whenever you want to talk about it we can talk about it if not cool you know what i mean like just learning how to be different and vice versa we got to show up differently too for women like understanding Mm -hmm. like yeah we may not process the way they want to but make the effort to try to Right. Engage in the conversation. You know what I mean? So it's like we both got to put 100 in. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I always say relationships are not 50 50, they're 100 100. Right. Right. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, that's always been a funny one to me, too. You got to put in the, it's 50 50. Nah, I'm not a half a person. I, right. didn't, I didn't show up to this thing a <laughs> 50% human. Like, no, right. I'm 100% in. That's, uh, mm. see, it's, it's dope when two people want to come to that place. Right. But, if the agenda is just to be right. Right. And that only edifies you. You have to think us. What's going to edify us? You see what I'm saying? So if you're in it for us, then you will do whatever you have to do to try to make the situation work. Mm-hmm. But if it's in it for you to be right, then that's, you know, that's a whole nother conversation. Now, how does this play out? I don't want to get too too much in your but well it's an interview I can't yeah. get in your business but I don't yeah. want I don't want to I don't want to dig too deep but it, if and if it's not you can fall back but yeah. how does this work when you're in a relationship when yeah. you know if you're not dating a fellow psychologist <laughs> yeah she may feel like hey 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 don't shrink me don't shrink me you're shrinking me like I can see a woman being on a defensive I and you know what I struggle with that too which is why I don't date that often um but I've learned oh that sucks somebody can, somebody come get this dude somebody, somebody <laughs> please this good successful dude here somebody come handle I think, this I, I think I think for me it's like my biggest struggle is to not be that because that's my safety place to go into counselor mode mm. and so even for me it's like I have to be vulnerable and live in my humanity you know what I mean? So, like, that's the thing that I'm doing more and more. So, like, when they date me, they're like, oh, I forgot that you're this life coach, therapist dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? I want to show up as my full self. That is a part of who I am, but there are also other aspects of me. I'm silly. I'm fun. I like to dance. I like, you know what I mean? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a cornball. You know, so all of those aspects, I like to embrace that as well. So I'm learning to do that. It's, it's got to be difficult to take your foot off the gas, though, when you see, yeah. like, a blinking red light. You know, she's about to run. Something's happening. Low oils, low it's, something. It's so funny. My friend said to me the other day, my big brother, he said, yo, you're so discerning. You're so discerning. But when it comes to your relationships and friendships, he's like, I just be like, I don't understand how you don't see. You see everything else. But when it, I said, because my gift is not for me, it's for other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm still blind. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, and I, I see things, but then, you know, I try to, you know, I, Try to overlook them. I'm just like, you know. Is that is that are you really helping anybody by overlooking it though? I mean, you don't always want to be that guy nitpicking and poking and prodding. And that's the thing, right? That's I don't want to be that guy. Right. You know, because I've it, been that guy. But then if you let damage happen, I, I say all the time, like, 
I got a bunch of tattoos. If somebody comes to me and they want a tattoo and they're talking about they want to go get a tattoo and they got the money for a tattoo, 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 tattoo. And then I see them walking to some strip mall to go get like the jankiest tattoo ever, like some basement, <laughs> some basement five dollar tattoo. And they, hey, the guy's only going to charge me 20 bucks. Whoa, 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 hold on. If I don't say anything. Right. I feel guilty when you come back to me with this $20 piece of crap tattoo that you and, ain't got. And so I'm on my journey as well. So like I'm learning to do that and to be that person and not and not be afraid of that. You know, walking away. I'm not I'm never afraid to walk away, but it's like in that moment I'm just kind of like, well, maybe it's not that bad. You know, trying to negotiate, mm-hmm. but then I'm just like, nah. You know what I <laughs> mean? <laughs> but you know, I'm learning to not learn the lesson later on down the line. I'd rather I'd rather nip it quicker than I have in the past. Is this something you learned from like the last relationship? You mentioned you were involved with a- A psychiatrist, fel- a yeah. Fellow, so two psychiatrists in the room. It sounds, yeah. like a, it sounds like a joke waiting to happen. Yeah, no, it was it was very, um, very passionate. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I was saying you all off the air, like that was the last time I felt enraged, you know, because we mm. knew how to press each other's buttons. And I've never spoken to a woman like that before. Like just where I'm just going in, you know what I mean? And I didn't like that aspect of myself but i'm happy that i had that experience because now i know my capacity mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i also know i'm responsible for that now so it's like i'm grateful that i knew that 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 ugliness was in me mm-hmm. and so now i know how to navigate through it but i don't uh, did she i'm glad you learned yeah she she apologized she actually before she's married now and has a family and she took me to dinner and she was just like yo i apologize she's like i didn't recognize what i had in front of me and you know, I was dealing as my far trauma. As like who you were, as yeah, because yeah, because she said she prayed for somebody like me, mm. and, and then f- messed it up once it showed up. Well, I think we both well, contributed. Both, okay, we both right. contributed to the downfall of that relationship. But I think for her, she was just kind of like, "Yo, I never met a man who challenged me the way that you challenged me." Like she was used to being the smarter one in the relationship. Okay, fair enough. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. understand that, and mm-hmm. I and I and I get that. Um, and you know, like. I told her, I was like, yo, you probably the best relationship I've ever had, in spite of the craziness. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of the best relationships I've ever had. So, oh, man, so she good. ain't got married on you? Yeah, had a child and everything. Y'all come pull it together? That nah. sounds so... Man, I, I feel like at that time we would still be in therapy right now, and I don't want to be in therapy, you know. Couldn't you, like, just sit each other down, trade places <laughs> on the couch? <laughs> man, no. Nah, it was, it, I mean, it was very passionate, like, on the positive end and then mm-hmm. on the negative end it was equally as intense so it's like volatile i don't i don't like intensity thinking that's love hmm. was she was she well what what was the dif- what would be the difference in terms of what between intensity and love um love is about us intensity is about who's smarter who's you know what i mean like who's you yeah intensity is about you it's love about is about us yeah and control Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and not by love. You know, I always say, you know, this is love, an open palm. This is control, intensity, a closed fist. So you guys were in a tug of war in this relationship? Is that what was happening? Jockeying back and forth? Yeah. Control psychologically? She's an alpha alpha female. Okay. And I'm not necessarily alpha male. Mm -hmm. But when it came to you challenging me, I became alpha as well. So it was just kind of like two alphas going back and forth. I've never, I've been called an alpha. I don't label myself that because I feel like it's for other people. You determine what I am to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not interested in in labeling myself to 
further your understanding of who I am right. or what I'm, who, what, who or what I am or what we I'm. We're on not. the same page, right? Yeah. But I've always had a theory that alphas try to control themselves, betas try to control other people. That's interesting. That's always been my theory. If you're an alpha, the, the main thing you want is self-control. What other people say about you, talk about you, do towards you, doesn't necessarily affect you because it's you're still in here. You're still in the pocket. Not in a narcissistic way, but you're not seeking to But a to lot of alphas are narcissists, as well as betas. That's why I don't, that's yeah, why yeah. I don't label myself because yeah. my whole thing is I'm not trying to control anybody. Right. I, whatever you do is what you do. I only draw the line when That's it comes to this parameter here. I've never thought about that before, but there is some truth to that. I see a lot of betas seeking approval as a form of control. Absolutely. Control is a, manipul manipulating as a yeah. form of control. It, it, it always seems to be about controlling situations, circumstances, and people beyond themselves. And, and you know, you think about that, that. I think at the heart of that, that's really like that person... I can speak for myself as a as a as a I guess a beta, if I've ever been that, it's been because I've been hurt so bad mm. badly. And I didn't I didn't know how to reconcile the pain and the trauma that I went right. through. You know what I mean? And so like, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, this cancel culture, this crazy, you know, the sensitive time that we live in, it's like that's funneled through injustice, mm -hmm. personal injustice, right? Mm -hmm. All of us have a personal injustice, like that thing that's never been reconciled, that thing that we've never worked through. And I think because of the times we live in, because we didn't have the ability to like suppress it and keep it moving like our grandfathers, grandparents, mm -hmm. and our, our parents did, now our threshold is weaker. We gotta deal with our issues now. And because people are not dealing with their issues, so now we just lash out. And we, we're sensitive. We're, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't, you know, we're overly sensitive. We're gonna cancel this person. We're gonna cancel that person. And it's all funneled through personal injustice. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get the justice. I'm gonna get the justice in this situation. Let's cancel this person. Mm -hmm. you, you see what I'm saying? No, totally. I think where I came up with my way is uh, I started dealing with the stuff. Right, like that we all should. Me that. Right, <laughs> but that's how I got indifferent. See, my father's theory was if it, my father had a, a ton of philosophies and sayings he used to give me all the time that I wouldn't get to like years and years later. But one of his joints was um, like if if it's not gonna kill you, it's not gonna hurt you really, really bad. Mm -hmm. and it's not gonna take away something you can't get back. It's not that bad. Right. And I, I would, I would let that mull over. And then when situations would pop up, is this going to kill me? No. Is this going to hurt me really, really bad? Nah. Is this something I can't get back? No. So then the indifference would kick in. I didn't care because it didn't bother me that bad. But that was me seeking to control myself. Those were those were little guidelines and little steps. And also, too, the indifference in in, in a way was protecting yourself, too. Well, it was... But it 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 didn't form from that place. It, right, right. I'm not saying it that did. It, it did. Yeah, it had, no. Yeah. It absolutely kept me from flying off the handle and right. and uh, breaking down when something didn't go my way. Like it it 100 did, but it never came. I never tried it. I didn't develop indifference from a place of I got to protect myself. I can't let things continue to hurt me. Right. Instead, it came more from a place of well, that hurt, but it's not that bad. Right. I've had bad. I know what the bad thing is. Somebody dying, that's bad. Like my right. homeboy passing away at 35, that's terrible. My yeah. homeboy and his uh, lady, stillborn birth. Okay, they can't get that back. It hurt really bad. You know what I mean? It's right. tragic. My homeboy, my brother dying. Like stuff like, that's bad. Can't get that stuff back. That hurts. That's legit. That's real. 
And in the face of those things, mm-hmm. it made the other things seem trivial. For lack of a better word, much yeah. smaller. They just look way, way, way smaller. It looked like something that I could deal with that wasn't permanent, that I could fix eventually. Right. And if I couldn't fix it, it really wasn't that big of a deal at all. So it didn't come from, like, the indifference that I have that never came from a place of trying to protect myself from anything. But it was more along the lines of, eh, this is just kind of how I feel. Like, these things aren't major, huge things. I've had the major, huge things happen. They were god-awful. I don't want to go back, but if I do, I know I did it already, so I right. can I can make my way out of that. And I understand. And I understand that. I I think though, my my slight pushback, and I and I get that. My slight pushback would be like you're not experiencing the fuel the the full human experience with certain things, right? There may be a moments. There may be moments where I think sometimes experiencing depression. Like I, I know I'm in the minority with this, but I think depression is not always bad. Mm-hmm. I think depression forms you. I think depression is the thing that can take you to your next place. Mm-hmm. I think trauma of any kind mm-hmm. could be something that could be used to take you to your next place because I'm a witness because that's what I did. Right. You know, so like it may not have been death per se, but it could have been somebody saying it could have been, for example, um, I'll never forget this. I remember a client, a celebrity client I was coaching. I was supposed to be on um, Oprah. Okay. Where are they now with her? And we had shot Dr. Oz. Mm-hmm. And... Um, both shows didn't air. Oh, that sucks. And at that point in my life, I needed that, or at least right. I thought I needed. Right, I right, needed right, that right, to right. happen. I was depressed, and I allowed myself to be depressed. And people were like, "Oh, purpose is not that big a deal." Well, when's the next time you gonna be on Oprah? You know, when when have you when shot? When is she Dr. gonna to invite you? When is she gonna invite you? When are you gonna shoot Doctor Oz? And yeah, I'll come whole... up with you. Let me know. Right, right, right. Not that I'll big of a deal, with, yeah, right? I'll... Sure, no problem. Just call and, me when you're going. And so, I'll pay for the Uber and everything. Let's go. Right. And so in that moment, I wanted to be indifferent. I wanted to be like, oh, it's not that big, that big of a deal. I wanted to, but I was like, but no, nah, that's not. And I'm not saying this is the case for you, but my authentic emotion was, I was, I was pissed. I was hurt. I was mm-hmm. angry because I was like, man, I've I've worked so hard to get here, and I allowed myself to have that. I gave myself permission to to sit in that for however mm-hmm. long that was. And now I'm good. I can talk about it. I don't feel nothing about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was, you know what I mean? It was something that happened in my life. I know I'm gonna be on Oprah. I know I'm gonna be on Dr. Oz one day, mm-hmm. right? But in that moment, it was real and that hurt me. Mm-hmm. It almost took me out because it's <laughs> like, honestly, you think that's gonna be the thing to really take you over. Because you think that was a d- career defining a moment. A career defining moment. Which it probably would be, no no lie, you weren't over exaggerating. Right. It's definitely a big deal. Right, and and at that time, people don't know that I, at that time I was struggling with homelessness, I was struggling with so oh, so that was, that was yeah. right in that moment. It was like, right in that moment. It felt so, like the illest blessing. And, right, and mm-hmm. it got taken away. So for me, it's like, I I say us as, as men, as human beings, to sit in the emotion that's how you're able to pass through it mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and indifference is cool about certain things like you know people talking to me about what's your opinion about this i don't i don't literally have an opinion about mm-hmm. it but as far as like my life and events that happen to it i like to be present in those moments mm-hmm. and if i arrive at a place of indifference after i've gone through the other emotions about it cool if not i'm gonna sit in that too and that and that's okay as well you, you see what i'm saying let me let me clarify i don't neglect any feelings that I have about anything. I think where people see my indifference come into play is my ability to get back on the horse, I guess. Right. That's and mine go too. back in. That's like, mine I, too. I go back in because what's the worst thing that can happen? Well that happened already. Like yeah. I, you know what I mean? It it already happened. I my big my big experience was being homeless. I was homeless for a whole year. I slept on trains, 
abandoned houses. I lost a bunch of stuff. I, I started borderline hoarding because throwing stuff away just right. didn't feel like yeah, yeah, you, yeah. everybody everybody I know who's ever been through it has either had one or two uh one or two things happen from it. They've either hoarded a bunch of stuff because they have to lose so much. Yeah. Or they don't or don't become attached to Or anything. they don't or they just give stuff away. Yeah. Like Jay Electronica, I watch him perform on stage. He'll take sunglasses over his face, give it to somebody, take a watch over, give it some chain around Give it, like all that stuff doesn't mean anything. He just gives it away, gives it away because he's not attached to anything. Or you react like I did, where I like you know my couch was broken, but I refused to spend money to get another one. Brother, I know exactly <laughs> because I couldn't. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And once once that came to light, I didn't. The trickiest thing about it was I didn't realize I was doing it. Right. I just thought I was being frugal. Right. But here I am with a desk that I don't use that's just cluttered with plenty because of stuff. Because underneath it, you had an attachment to security. Right. You it, know what I mean? This is my stuff. I'm right. not throwing away my stuff. It's my stuff. You can't have my stuff. Right. Because I remember the days where I had to leave a bunch of my stuff behind because I couldn't carry it. Or I had a bag on my back that was too heavy and I sat it down and I just needed to chill for a second. And then when I tried to come back and get it, it was gone. And then yeah. like just my stuff, my stuff, my stuff. Once I put some sunshine and some air and I got that stuff to the surface and I was able to look at it, okay, oh, now I get it. Now I'm not like that anymore. Now and so, stuff and, go and so is, maybe and maybe so maybe it's not necessarily indifference that you 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 um display often. I'm not saying that you don't, but I don't know what it is. Maybe it could be contentment. It could be a little bit of a contentment because it's like you've seen the lowest of the lows and mm -hmm. I'm sure you've seen the highest of the highs and and then just understand like at the high Stuff is not a big deal at the low. Stuff is not a big deal. That and would that mean be, that would mean uh, that would mean I'm not content. That that would be because I don't. Feel, I've seen it, but only I've never lived it. I was a okay. music editor for the Source for a bunch of time. I traveled with a bunch of artists. I've seen how they live. I've seen like uh, what it means when you're worth eight million dollars, eighty million dollars, a hundred and eighty million dollars. Unhappy. It's right? uh, well, they've they've been miserable, but they, in the words of Jay. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from him is, you was who you was before you got here. That part is very true. Wherever you showed up at, you, gonna you be were there. that guy. Yeah. When you, you leave, life, it's you still you. There. Right. Yeah, yeah. So these people were miserable beforehand. And whatever money was covering up. It, Just accentuated. It, it, right. Highlighted it. So I don't. But I'm not content about where I am. Me and my lady just had a conversation about it this morning. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good. I'm, things are great. Everything's on the incline. However... If I would have stopped right now, I'd be disappointed in myself. I'm not where I where I'm going to get to. So contentment is like, uh, you know what? Yeah. I'm content. I'm not satisfied. That I think that, that's, that's it. A, I was I gonna say that's. that's a, I was like that's a, that's a difference. Like I I I would say that I'm not satisfied because I feel like. I've been doing this work, like people say to me all the time, like, yo, you a legit life coach. Like, you're mm -hmm. not the social media person who just put up quotes. Like, you legit do this work. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing it for 10 years, and I'm not satisfied either. Mm -hmm. But I'm content in the fact that I know that the work that I've done that's been disseminated through me mm -hmm. has changed lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's where the contentment comes from. But the satisfaction, no, I need to be on Super Soul Sunday. Right. <laughs> I need to be on Essence Fest's main stage. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's that's what I want for myself. But I am content in the fact that if I left this earth today, that I know that I did what, what I was created for. I'm content that I have a beautiful woman that loves me. I have the love of my family. I have the respect of my peers. 
I've done more than I've spoken. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've done more. Like I've I legit have left a mark behind with some And most people will never ever get to do what you've done. Right. I'm not satisfied until I'm on the essence main stage with this show here that I take this somewhere right. else that uh you know, one of the artists that I work with break a hundred million on the album that I work on just goes through the roof through my consulting or right. the label that I'm working with signs a bunch of acts and becomes a thriving hundred million dollar business. Like when that happens. And then I'll probably find something else. But that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, You're gonna find something else. Like I'll find something else to be to that will satisfy me after. Right. That. And that and I think that's the thing too. You know, when you look at you look at Kobe, God God bless him. I think he was at a place of contentment. Like he was just like, I'm actualized as a father. Mm-hmm. Remember I said at the beginning, like it was about output, right? He was actualizing just being a father for his family. You know what I mean? And just right. being that homebody. Like he gave himself that permission. That's why mm-hmm. I look at his life and say, like, yo, he he lived a full dynamic life. First Not it was being a champion. It was being a champion. Now it's being a father. It's being a husband. Role being model. a family my a family man. Being a mentor to so many people who we don't even know. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Mamba Academy. The Mamba Academy. He, you know, he's bought homelessness, like provided housing for, you know, thousands of people in, in Los Angeles and even in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? All the things that he did, like the actualization of him being a human being. Mm-hmm. That's why I say he lived a full life. And so for me, you know, that's all I want for us as men or whomever I'm working with is for you to be actualized as a human being mm-hmm. and know that you are entitled to be a human. That's a lofty goal. It is. Because I believe, they're, they're, but I believe the, it's possible. Though. Those other guys have to want it too. I think that's the that's the. I think one of the hardest parts is people who need help who don't realize it. Yes. No. 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 So like, that's my job is to highlight the awareness for mm-hmm. you, right? So once you become aware, then you become responsible. You right. say like now oh, you're responsible. Now you're responsible for it. for it. And so I think a lot of times we think to our level of exposure. You know what I mean? So like how you said you've been an editor at Source and you worked, you know, worked with so many artists and things like that. Your level of exposure was heightened because you were in that experience. True. But had you not had that experience, you probably wouldn't. You know what I mean? True. True. And, true. and so because I myself have experienced a level of wholeness mm-hmm. that most people don't, I know that it's real. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's it's attainable. It's, it's attainable. Possible. So I'm not perfect. I'm still on a journey like everybody else. But I've definitely. I'm not the purvis from Lancaster, Texas, who was bullied every day and who dealt with suicide ideation, who didn't love himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I still have moments. I still have those those fragile moments, but I know how to navigate through them so much quicker mm-hmm. because I understand I know who I am. Right. You know what I mean? And those things don't change. And those right. things don't change. So. That makes all of that. Now, I think one of the things I was... Have you ever... I'm sure you have. This, is a, this almost feels like a dumb question. <laughs> One of my biggest issues when I'm dealing with people, um, especially people who, because I, I do a lot of consulting, mm-hmm. which is not exactly mentoring, but if I'm dealing with artists all the time and they're coming to me with this issue, that issue, mm-hmm. when my goal is to try and make them famous or try and get them to understand what it takes to move ahead, mm-hmm. um, when we start talking about specific habits that they have, specific mm-hmm. uh, people they attach themselves to, with how they move, how they don't move, one of the main pushbacks I get, men and women, mm-hmm. more women than men, I'm going to be honest, but more women than men I get, well, that's just who I am. That's just how I am. This is just me. I'm just being myself. And I always have to stop everything and go, this is who you're choosing to be. 
And yeah. then you're not getting the result you want. So I don't know why you keep, why you insist on holding on to this awful, awful habit. My One of my uh, homegirls got mad at her boyfriend because when it was time for dinner, he didn't like to sit at the table. He liked to sit in the living room with the mm-hmm. television on and the kids doing whatever. And she would get tight. And she finally said like, you gonna sit in here? I'm not making nothing. This is how we gonna have a good family. This is this. This is this Instead is this. Just... So I was like, okay, what, what's what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Oh, this is just who I am. I was like, so your your idea is to push him around and yell at him until he does what you want him Instead to do. Instead of communicating why it's important for you, or maybe you didn't have a family. And I up. asked her that. Yeah. I was like, why is this such a big deal? I, it just is. Well, who can? So who, she wasn't able to articulate. Who listens to logic like like right. that? I, again, I wasn't mad at her. I was like, what you're doing isn't working. Right. I know your man. He's the kind of dude you kind of have to explain things to. He's not slow, but he needs to hear exactly why he's doing this thing that you want him to do. Right. Which, you're absolutely right. You know, there's plenty of us who grew up with the, you know, do as I say, not as I do. We don't listen to that. Right. I'm one of them. I've never been a fan of do as I say, not as I do. No, 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 no. Why? Why right. exactly am I doing this? Because it doesn't make sense to me. So I need to hear the reasoning behind it. If your man is like that, you telling him this is just who I am, but I don't know why it's just because just because it's not going to work. Yeah, it never works. I think a lot of times we, um, my therapist said this to me. and it You blew have my mind. had a therapist. How yes. funny is that? Of course. The work that I do. I'm just saying, of like, you, you would think a psychologist <laughs> wouldn't need a therapist. That's like no, a mechanic that's like, going like, to a garage. That's like mandatory. You know, actually, when you're training to be a therapist, that you have to see a therapist. I never would have known that. Yeah. Um, one of my, he said this to me, and it, like, blew my mind. It's so true. You know, I think when it comes to, like you said, dysfunction or habits or things like that, we go back to the last place we feel whole, whether that's negative or positive. The, the mm. last place we feel whole, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we hold on to. So it's like the safety blanket. People can be safety blankets. People, habits can be safety blankets. Mm-hmm. You know, drinking can be a safety safety blanket. You know what I mean? That's the last place where you feel whole and in control. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I think when we don't know that there's a life outside of that, again, the exposure aspect of it, we're going to stay where we know. Where you're comfortable. Where you're comfortable. Because you know outside I mean? of the comfort zone. But we don't recognize that outside of the comfort zone is where you grow and where the magic happens. There's so many cliche. There's so many cliches about that and, and memes about that. But, but it's true though. I was about to say, what, what's that saying? Like this many people can't be wrong. Right. Like I mean, I I, I think about it, like my mother. She was like, "Why are you telling everybody that you got molested?" And da 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 da. Like my mother's like, I said, I'm not ashamed because that's something that happened to me. But, but what I happened didn't from do me, it. I didn't do it. But what happened from me was more powerful than what happened to me. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it's like for me, I don't. It doesn't hold any weight over my life. Mm-hmm. But for her, it's like a. You know what I mean? But that's when my mother is still kind of stuck in areas that she's stuck in. Mm-hmm. I can understand if you were the person molesting people, then yeah, you keep that to yourself. Why are you still right. telling people you did? No, like you you were the victim in this. Right. You wouldn't be afraid to tell somebody you got mugged. Exactly. Or got jerked or got lied to. Or yeah. you're definitely never afraid of women, ladies, y'all are definitely never afraid to tell somebody you got cheated on. That Exactly. So it's like there's a power in sharing and things like that. But I, I think that took for me to come out of my comfort zone. I'm from Texas. 
uh, hyper masculine yeah. Texas. Say less. So it's like, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's against the culture to talk about what you've been through, to talk about the things that have hurt you and those personal things. So it's like, I had to go against the grain mm-hmm. in order to get to a place that I'm at right now. So you, I know it's true. Why do you Why do you feel this is, I'm going to throw a bone to the ladies here. I know. Yeah. Why do you feel so many dudes uh, cheat? I have my own theories, but I'd like to hear some of yours. Women, women's big thing is trying to get a guy who's faithful, trying to get a guy who's locked down and happy, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, well, let me take that last part back. I don't even know if they care if he's happy or not. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not I'm not sure that's even an option, which could be wild. So many of them are running around. Man, that's like, that's such a loaded question. Cause you know, know why I, I, I always, people ask me that all the time and I always answer the same way. Again, men are not monolithic. So the reason why Oh boy was cheating that I talked about earlier mm-hmm. was, was because nobody talked to him in high school and mm-hmm. now he's the man. So that, you know what I mean? That was his issue. But this other brother, it could be because he was molested by a man and he doesn't, he's running away from it. So he's going to sleep with as many, many women, women as, as possible, as possible to, right. to, to get rid of that experience. Mm-hmm. Right. And so for each person, and that's not how that's going to work. And that's not, but that's not how so he's going to keep going. He's going to keep doing it. Right. So for each man that is, is different, it could be honestly, I didn't even think I was capable of, of cheating until, and I didn't cheat, but I, I feel like it's emotional cheating. But I remember one time talking to this girl, and I was just like sucked into this conversation and completely forgot that I was in a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. I had no, just the conversation was so, and she was just hitting all the markers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for me, I had never had an experience with that before. And so I understand everybody's capable of cheating, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, but for each person, it's different how they arrive there. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to ask a question as to why, you know, men cheat, I think that's unfair to men because each man has his own experience as to why. I knew that. Yeah. But I felt like having a psychiatrist say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, having, having a psychologist say it will actually help push that home. Yeah. I, try to remi- I try to remind women one size doesn't fit all when it comes to men. Just the same way you ladies don't have a spokesperson, neither do we. You don't have a mascot. Like, yeah. When I hear women say stuff like, don't you know how to talk to women? I'm like, well, which one? Right. You? The one behind you? Right. The one in front of you? The one next to you? Like, which which one are you talking about? Because we're all shaped by our experiences. We're all shaped. We all have different personalities. We all have different triggers. Mm-hmm. We all have different traumas. And we all mm-hmm. respond to and react to things differently. And so, therefore, that's why nobody is the same. I think that's part of one of the things we cover on this show with different style relationships, different, different, um, different, different, different style relationships, whether, you know, uh, there's, there's some people are just straight up man and woman. Mm-hmm. Some people are poly. Some people mm-hmm. are, you know, all, there's all, all the variations. Yeah. We try to cover everything that works for everybody and we try right. to highlight how it works. One of the things I come up against when it comes to women so many times is I have to remind them what worked for you and what you deem acceptable may not be the same thing for the next person. The most important thing in that when you realize that is not to judge. Don't try to make the other person feel bad for liking what they like. If there's a woman who wants to be in a throuple, if it's her, a man and another woman. And and then that's what they and they're genuinely happy with in that. That may not be for you. But and don't judge it. Just right. leave it like just it leave it alone. Don't try to make her feel bad and shame her into thinking the way you do. And also too, like you know, some women, so even some men, if the person cheats and you decide to stay, you can't judge somebody else for leaving, right? Because people right, shame right, people right. over leaving, right? 
You know, and staying, and staying. So it's like to your point, you're right, absolutely right. We would, can't. We what work for you may not work for the next person. I just I, one of that's one of the main things I move forward with when I speak to women about the questions they ask me about something I may have said on the show, or or. You really meet women who do blah, 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 blah. Yes, I meet them all the time. It couldn't be me. I I, I can tell. I, <laughs> I can tell. So can they. We all know that it couldn't be you. What's, <laughs> what's your point? Because I don't think anybody invited you. So what? did, did you want to go and somebody told you no? And Or did yeah. you go and then you found out it couldn't be? How do you know it couldn't be you exactly? Well, that's, a, you know, that's also dangerous territory as well. I think a lot of times... You know, we we judge people. It's like we look at life like it's a horror movie. Like if I was in that movie, I'd got in the car and I would drove off. You don't know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. You don't know that until it happens to you. So mm-hmm. it's like a lot of times I tell people, I say like, you know, you got to be very careful in what you say you would never do because you don't know how you're gonna react or respond. Like you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like people, I remember people was getting on Terry Crews for the guy grabbing him. Oh uh, yeah, at the party grabbing. His I was ass. like, people were like, oh man, I would have, I would have two pieced him. You don't know what you would have done because you're not you're not thinking when you wake up that day that the head of this company is going to grab me in front right. of my wife. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. and, and there are some people who would two-piece them. There's some I'm people sure. there are some people who that's their some people reaction. in this room would have right. two-pieced them. Who would have two-pieced them? Then there's some people who would have been like, who would have frozen? Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, and that's a real reaction too. And we can't judge that reaction as well. You because know what I mean? you've never had as you've probably had never had I won't say as much to lose, but you've probably never had the things to lose that Terry Crews in had his to mind, lose in I that guarantee moment. you what he was thinking about is mortgage, these kids going to college, his career. This like, dude could freeze this me dude out. Could freeze if me I, out. I could be blackballed. Like, we don't know what that's like. You know what I mean? Like, But you and I have been around celebrities, so we right. understand their world is completely different. And if you look at it, it didn't work out super well for him. Like, he's still... It, like ridiculed, it, like yeah, women make fun of him now for yeah. it, and like there's all. I mean, thank God he's married and his wife is supportive and all that. You should have used their muscles to do something. Do what? Toss the dude out the window? Go to jail? Get right. locked up over what exactly? Like, right. But I'm just saying, it's like I, I I just think we can we can judge a situation so prematurely, and we've never been in those those experiences. Like you know, even me being in the entertainment industry, I've definitely been you know accosted by women. Mm-hmm. Famous women and mm-hmm. and some male executives, you know what I mean? Like, Yikes. you know what I mean? Like, and I was just like, "Yo, at two bute? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I wasn't. Prepared. I would never think these situations would ever happen. And I think I responded in the best way, but mm-hmm. I was definitely in shock. Right. So, what are you doing now as far as dating is concerned? You you got you got loose from a great relationship. She went and got married and had a kid. I was so I would. <laughs> so now, so I was, now what happened? So I was, I was, I was dating this this girl who's a who's a sex therapist. Jesus Christ! Yeah, like I don't, I attract you. Just pick. So it. I attract two types of women: doctors or dancers. What kind of dancers? Like the last girl I date, she's danced for Beyonce. That's not the kind of dancer I was thinking. Oh about. yeah, see, I would have said exotic dancers. If the girl, I, I got you. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have. All dancers to me. Just, <laughs> I, I was just curious. I would have specified. But yeah, no. Um, I don't know why we, why she and I didn't work out. We had a great conversation. I don't know. I just think I'm trying to build. I think I'm just in this space of like building, 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 pushing the book, like getting more clients, getting more work. Because now I'm, you know, I'm be 40 this year, so I'm just mm-hmm. like, yo, I gotta have a yeah, legacy. I'm thinking, I'm thinking in. about legacy. I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
So I would like to speak to one of these women to see what it was like to date a dude who can psychoanalyze you. Yeah, that'd be I'd and, be and very like, interested to hear what they have to say. Like the little <laughs> pass he catches the little passive aggressive things you do and he and caught they, that little that little uh side eye you gave him and he not just saw it and then got mad at it but he saw it picked it apart to the point where it didn't bother him anymore and then he walked yeah, off i remember i called her and i called uh the psychiatrist in a lie one time and i was like yo you just said i was like yo the next day i was like yo you said such and such such, such. i said but that don't make sense because such 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 such, such, such. and she just froze and she got mad you're playing games i'm playing games no, you're cheating. You're, che- you're arguing. You're, you're like a woman. You're cheating. Yeah, That's why yeah. she's mad. She was mad because I, I understood it. I was just mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? But, you know, it is what it is. No, you're arguing like a woman. I grew up in a house full of them. I know exactly. Those are I know how to argue. Psychologists. I know how to argue for real. Like, yeah, which, which, again, has got to be <laughs> super intimidating to a woman who tries to date you. Like, if she yeah. can't, and this is not to say all women play games because I don't believe one size fits all at all. Right. However, if a woman is used to playing games psych- psychological emotional and not even maliciously maybe she just thinks this is what you do in the course of a relationship yeah, yeah. this is just what she grew up and this is what she learned and this is it but if she comes against you know if she comes against somebody who speaks that language yeah and she can't pull that stuff on yeah. i gotta imagine it's tough for you to it is tough it is tough and you know i think i'm always i've never dated a guy like you before i'm always that guy Mm. You know, no so. kids, no kids, and never been married, never been married, and got a full career, and got a whole career. You a hot ticket out here, bro! <laughs> like, right up there with me when I when I got off the market. Yeah, man. Thankfully, hopefully, a safely. whole meal, a whole snack. Yeah. So what what you doing? What you what you into? What do you like? Um, in terms in terms of women, black women. I'm, oh, I'm, black women. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know who loves me? Spanish women love me because they think I'm Hispanic. People think I'm Hispanic. They don't uh, think I'm black. It's just. Black with different hair. Yeah. yeah. It's black with a language. Yeah. Black with a different menu. You Dominican, you Cuban, Puerto Rican. No, I'm black. From You're Texas. A, I'm, a, I'm a black guy. <laughs> From Texas. We gotta I gotta open up the hotlines and find you somebody. You might have to bring you back up. When I get a dancer or another doctor in here, I'm gonna <laughs> make it a point to hook you up. Yeah, man. In the meantime, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and all your miraculous works after they leave this show? Ah, well, uh, you can check me out on Instagram. It's Purvis. Taylor at P-E-R-V-I-S-T-A-Y-L-O-R on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, check out my book, Survival Mode, at survivalmode.com. So it's taking men from surviving to thriving. So survival, not survival, survivalmode.com. But all this spelling it will be on the Instagram page. Yes. Right. So it's Purvis on, the link. The link is, yeah, on my Purvis Taylor Instagram. Bro, got to thank you for being here. Um I'm going to try and get some emotionally scarred women back in here and have you (laughs) show up so we could pick them apart and just have an absolute shit show. Yeah, this will be great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out. Wish you nothing but uh, success on everything you're doing. And please, like, we got to have you back up here. Next book, next next chapter. Don't don't get so big on Dr. Phil and shit that you don't come back. Listen. And deal with us. Listen, speak it. Come to FUBU Radio. I'm with it. I'm with uh, it. This concludes part of my blackity black scavenger hunt in the meantime in between time i'm your man mr mech i'm without crystal devin this is still the eminem and m show aka the mk show may you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live do us a favor go get laid peace yo what's up this is flex alexander it's your man carl Payne, and you're listening to the eminem and m show mm, okay <laughs> did i say too many m's yeah. <laughs>